Hi, everybody, and welcome today to Nomadic Diaries. Today, I'm just going to uh, have a little off-the-cuff conversation about travel and the inspiration for travel and the ways in which travel reaches our soul in a manner that changes us at depth if we permit it. Mark Twain once said, um, the creator made Italy by designs from Michelangelo. <laughs> and um, Mark Twain lived from 1835 to 1910, and he's a very celebrated American author. But did you also know that he's also an, he was an entrepreneur, he was an inventor, he was also a lecturer, a riverboat pilot. So after the Civil War basically ceased his boating career, he moved west to California, then Nevada, hoping to become rich from silver and the gold. And that didn't happen. So uh, he wrote a series of short stories and they became published in newspapers and magazines. Then he went to the Mediterranean. He wrote articles for American newspapers. So he was almost like a kind of the original travel blogger. Today, I just want to point the way to some of the greats who have lived before us, who have found and discovered that inside the act of traveling, they have discovered um, a different kind of version of life, lifestyles, and their souls. George Orwell once said, I would sooner be a foreigner in Spain than in most countries. How easy it is to make friends in Spain. Now, I would tend to agree with him. The last time I was in Spain was 2019, and I was there for um, three or four months, I think. And we did have the opportunity to meet lots of British um, expats and to spend time with them. We took a Spanish class in a little village called close to the town of Saxe, S-A-X, which is uh, west of Alicante. And um, we had a wonderful experience there. So I kind of have to agree with George Orwell. Now, he was more famous for his novels, um, 1984, and he also wrote Animal Farm. So he was an English author and a critic. He was born in India, and his mother took him back to England after his first birthday. So he wrote poetry very, very early in life, and then published his first one in a newspaper at aged 11. His he had a very singular, lonely type of upbringing. And although he was very intelligent and studious, he did not pursue a university degree due to the lack of funds. But he joined the Indian police force and was stationed in Burma for five years. That time abroad resulted in him writing his first major book, Burmese Days, The Burmese Days. Later, he joined the militia in Spain, fighting against um, General Franco, and um, he sustained injuries. He had treason charges lodged against him, and then eventually he returned to England to support his family, and he started doing all kinds of writing assignments. So he was 
also um, someone who was influenced by travel. What about Ernest Hemingway? Never go on trains with anyone you do not love. <laughs> I love trains. I've gone on trains with my mother to see my grandmother when I was very little in Scotland. We have taken trains from the um, from Paris to Italy and several and throughout several other countries in Europe. We've trained from London to Glasgow many times. We took the train from Colorado to the West Coast, to Sacramento, actually the other direction, uh, going through the Great Canyons and the mountains in Colorado. So Ernest Hemingway was another brilliant. And perhaps you, our beloved listener, are gearing up to start writing your diaries, or perhaps you already keep a diary. But um, he was a great American author, journalist. He was very well known for The Old Man in the Sea, grew up in, Cal in Chicago. And um, he moved to Paris. So he was a correspondent in, for a newspaper in Paris. And he met lots of other famous authors and artists who all hung together. Scott Fitzgerald, Pablo Picasso, James Joyce. And um, he was very influenced by travel and inspired by his visits to uh, Pamplona in Spain. So there are many, many great writers who have, um, who have absolutely set the tone. But one of my favorites is Aldous Huxley. And he said, to travel is to discover that everyone is wrong about other countries. <laughs> um, I'm currently living in my ninth and um, country, that is. And I would say that that's absolutely true every single time. Now, Huxley was an author and a screenwriter. And he, of course, he wrote Brave New World. He was he grew up in a very accomplished family in England. And uh, he went to the University of Oxford and, and then he published his first collection of poems. And he went on to publish more and more submitted periodicals. But his friendships with various literary figures such as Bertrand Russell, T.S. Eliot, D.H. Lawrence, um, went really badly after he, after he published something called Chrome Yellow because he parodied them. He kind of made fun of them. He did publish more books as he toured around Europe with his family, but um, he was quite the character. And uh, he finally, in 1938, moved to California where he became a successful screenwriter. I'm not sure where he went after that. Um, another writer that I'd like to share with you today is um, one of my very favorites. And I've got two books in my hand and I treasure both of them. His name is Pico Iyer, and he's written two, well, he's written several books. Um, one is called The Global Soul, and the other one is called The Art of Stillness. So I would just like to read a little bit from each one today. The idea behind nowhere, choosing to sit still long enough to turn inward, is at heart a simple one. If your car is broken, 
you don't try to find ways to repaint its chassis. Most of our problems and therefore our solutions, our peace of mind lie within. To hurry around trying to make, to find happiness outside ourselves makes about as much sense as the comical figure in the Islamic parable, who having lost a key in his living room goes out into the street to look for it because there's more light out there. <laughs> as Epictetus, Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius reminded us more than two millennia ago, it's not our experiences that form us, but the ways in which we respond to them. A hurricane sweeps through town, reducing everything to rubble. One man sees it as a liberation, a chance to start anew, while another, perhaps even another, is trauma life. There is nothing, neither good or bad, as Shakespeare wrote in Hamlet, but thinking makes sense. So much of our lives takes place in our heads, in memory or imagination, in speculation or interpretation, that sometimes I feel that I can best change my life by changing the way I look at it. As America's wisest psychologist, William James reminded us, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. It's the perspective we choose, not the places we visit that ultimately tells us where we stand. Every time I take a trip, the experience acquires meaning and grows deeper only after I get back home and, sitting still, begin to convert the sights I've seen into lasting insights. I just have to say, I love this sentence. I begin to convert the sights I've seen into lasting insights. And how many of us convert sights to insights. That's an amazing line. This isn't to suggest that travel is useless. I've often known stillness most fruitfully in a sunlit corner of Ethiopia or Havana. It's just a reminder that it's not the physical movement that carries us so much as the spirit we bring to it. As Henry David Thoreau, one of the greatest explorers of his time, reminded himself in his journal, it matters not where or how far you travel, the further, commonly the worse, but how much alive you are. And this is by my friend Pico Iyer from The Art of Stillness in the, called, the book called The Art of Stillness, Adventures in Going Nowhere, I absolutely love Pico Iyer's um, sense of self, sense of source, sense of um, the stillness that he brings. I would also like to mention that he wrote another book that I dearly love called The Global Soul. And the Minneapolis Star Tribune reviewed it and said, powerful and essential reading for anyone trying to understand the modern world. That's from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. So here we go. This is a little um, reading from Pico Iyer's The Global Soul, and this is called The Alien Home. The homes we choose, in short, deserve a tolerance we might not extend to the homes we inherit. 
And in a world where we have to work hard to gain a sense of home, we have to exert ourselves just as much to sustain a sense of other. I choose, therefore, to live some distance from the eastern hills of Kyoto, which move me like memories of a life I didn't know I had. To visit the city of temples from here involves a 90-minute pilgrimage by bus and train, and second train, and then another train, so that every trip has an air of ceremony and anticipation. Thus, Kyoto is unclouded for me by the routines of paying bills and cleaning clothes. And coming to it from a suburb of white ascots and clever coffee shops, I still catch my breath when I see the lanterns in the autumn temples leading up into the bamboo forests, as if into another life, or hear the temple bells ringing along the philosopher's path at dusk. Once every six months or so, I take my girlfriend back to her hometown, her Oxford in a sense, and for six hours we rent a car and drive deep into the countryside. The very novelty of motion in a space of our own with a tape deck of our own, <laughs> this must be a wee bit old, huh? is itself a small enchantment and Kyoto swings open often like a heavy gate, admitting us to a deeper ancestral quiet. I just have to say that I recommend that if you are considering becoming a short or long-term traveler, that you prepare your heart and your mind. You know, we get very tied up in packing and we get very interested in earning points. And we spend a lot of time looking for the cheapest airfare. But how much time do we take to prepare our insides, to, pre to take to prepare our mental perspective before we travel? And I recommend by reading some of these fabulous, the giants of travel writing from all the people from before whom I mentioned, Hemingway and Huxley, etc., all the way up to Pico Iyer. I recommend that that is something that will make your travel um, more meaningful and you will be able to convert the sites into insights. So just for today, this is Doreen signing off from uh, a little sporadic diary, part of the National Podcasting Posting Month. It's been my pleasure to share some of my favorite quotes and my favorite authors with you today. And I hope that you will perhaps consider giving us a like, a share, or a little review somewhere. Thank you so much for listening. And may you turn all the sites or many of the sites that you enjoy into insights. Bye-bye.